Hey there, this is Dan Dan, and welcome to Dan Dan's Big Book Study. Today we're going to talk about the spiritual tool behind step five, the spiritual principle, the constant, the thing that never changes, called integrity. Integrity is like a super important part of recovery, and some of us just really don't have any idea what it means, right? You'll, you'll hear all sorts of things out there about what integrity means, but I think it has a very specific purpose and meaning for us, especially relative to admitting to God, to ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrong. You can think of it in step five as sort of a goal. You know, something comes along, and I have to leverage the power of the first three steps. I got to say, I'm powerless over it. I'm going to need some help dealing with it, step two, and I'm going to do what that help says to do. I'm going to think and act the way the help says to think and act in step three, and that's your higher power, or God as it might be. And integrity comes up soon after the fourth step. So I know I can't do it on my own. I ask God for help. I make a decision to do and act like God asked me to act, step one, two, and three, and then I get into step four. And I sort of diagram this thing out and I identify the things that are threatening me, right? And then I also identify the way I might find my way out of this. I write down the person, situation, institution, circumstance, whatever it is, write down what happened, write down what's threatening my character defects that might be involved. And I want to get rid of those character defects. So how do I do that and why do I want to get rid of them? So I maintain integrity, because integrity is a word that's derived from the word integer. You know, you think about numbers when you think of integer, and it, it, what it really means is wholeness. You know, how do I be back to being whole? How do I get myself back to where I really want to be? And it can mean things like conditions and persons, and we can have a lack of integrity, which comes when I'm disturbed, whenever I'm angry, mad, worried, or anxious. Whenever my character defects are coming out to haunt me, I'm lacking this integrity. And the pivotal point in our 12 steps, the way that I regain that integrity, the way that I get myself back into a position to seek and do God's will, is by setting integrity as a goal. So why do the fifth step? I've done a fifth step. I've sat down with my sponsor, Dan Dan. You know, why in the world would I go do a fifth step just for the heck of it, I mean, I got mad at them, and I did the four-step process in my mind. How do I do the fifth step and why? Well, if I want to restore the integrity of my relationship with somebody, if I want to restore the integrity, the completeness, the wholeness, the unimpaired, the uncompromised, uncorrupted peace of mind that I can enjoy by working these 12 steps, it's going to be necessary for me to look at step five and admit to God, to myself, and to another human being the nature of my wrongs. In, in our big book, our literature gives us excellent tools to do this, like pause, pray, ask, and then act. So I do that. I, I take my four step in mind, and I think about it, and I say, okay, I'm, I'm going to pray about this, and I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to say, God, you know, I can't really do anything about it, but what can I do? And we ask for an intuition, 11-step stuff, right? A direction, a decision. And we try to find that center of what to do next. So we admit it to God. To ourselves, we know we've done wrong. That's what leads us to admitting to God. And after we've done that, we go to another human being, and we basically tell on ourselves in a way, 
But what we have the opportunity to do with this other human being really is to take ownership. And we may be accused of something we didn't do. And we may not like what happened. And we may think what happened was wrong and all these things. But without taking ownership, there's really nothing we can do about it. We must take ownership in order to move forward. So even if the person that offends us is wrong, even if we don't deserve the circumstances that we find ourselves in, in order to restore the integrity of that peace of mind, the integrity of our relationship with our higher power, the integrity, the consistency, the uncompromised nature, the unimpaired access, the blameless position called integrity, in order for me to do that, I go and I admit it to another human being. And I can just be honest about that, right? I can just say whatever it is that's on my mind. I'm not trying to play the game of ownership. I'm not trying to achieve a particular thing. The goal is to just honestly admit my mistake and then get ready to pray on forward to resolve it through step six, seven, and then be able to act blamelessly in steps eight and nine as I go to restore that relationship with that organization, that principled institution, or probably more often than not, (laughs) another human being. So integrity bridges the gap. It's that spot where you finally settle down. And I think we've all had this. We've all had this happen before. We get in an argument. We feel very, very right. Or we get into a situation where we believe we've been done very, very wrong, right? And we get to this moment that's often called acceptance. Acceptance. We get to this moment where we say, all right, you know, I I can't do anything about it. And then it enters into our mind, perhaps, to pray about it. It enters into our mind that maybe there is something we can do about it, and that is change how we think and change how we perceive the situation. How do we convert it from a burden to an opportunity? How do we go from being in opposition and resistance to it to being in cooperation with it and service to it? How do we do that? And that's what integrity, that sense of doing that, that moment where you have a feeling, a thought, a a state of mind, a state of being where you've gone, you know what? I think I got this right. That's where that happens. That's where that happens. And our literature gives us a lot of examples of that. One of those places you find in the 12 and 12, and it right on page 15, it says, AA's 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced, like right here at step five, this idea of integrity, right? If practice as a way of life can expel the obsession to drink and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. A very short version of that might be that the AA's 12 steps help you restore integrity to the life that you want to live, that you really, really want. The idea of being restored to sanity is another way of thinking about integrity. The idea of getting your family back or restoring relationships like we would be able to do with step nine. That's another really important idea around integrity. So at step five, we set the foundation of integrity up. With step five, we're able to actually achieve this crazy idea called integrity. The general idea is this, that maintaining the spiritual principle called integrity by 
really honestly digging into step five gives us the power to eventually be whole again. If we take this step with that rigorous and unflinching honesty, we in turn will be rewarded with the inner peace. So getting that peace of mind back, getting that thing back, this is the necessary part. So how do I actually intentionally on purpose gain integrity? Well, we, what I would ask you to do is this, just, just imagine in your mind a whole you. Imagine you with peace of mind, no conflict in your life, no stress at work, no struggles, no power to your triggers because you're going to enact the 12 steps in order to deal with those things. Just imagine that for a second. Can you picture yourself just walking through mistakes and walking through difficult times whole? You know, not that you won't experience undesirable feelings and not that you won't be accused of or find yourself in the midst of undesirable circumstances. Odds are pretty good you will along the way. Even so, having the confidence to know how to leverage those 12 steps to get to step five, the place where honesty really comes together, honest in the first step, honest in the second, in the third, and the fourth. And we're going to tag that all together by being honest with ourselves, to our higher power, and to another human being to figure out how to get this stuff out of us to set the foundation of what exactly it is that needs to go. Because anything that stands between you and your higher power must go. How do we get rid of that? And that's it'll set us up perfectly for steps six and seven. And interestingly, what we'll do the next podcast is on willingness, which is the spiritual principle behind step six. And this is so necessary. Willing to do what? Well, to get rid of these things that keep me from being whole, to get rid of these things that cloud my relationship with other people, to get rid of these things that make it difficult for me to push down pride and find humility, that, to get rid of these things that drive my ego that say, you know, I don't really need to do these 12 steps anymore, or I don't want to go to these meetings, or I don't want to do sponsorship. And so I'll leave you with this idea. How's the integrity of your program? How well are you doing the things that our program asks us to do, and in asking us to do, delivers some promises that are pretty amazing? How do we do that? How well are you doing with that? Something really to think about. Because in the promises, it tells us that that feeling of uselessness that comes with dishonesty, that feeling of uselessness that comes with anger and self-righteousness, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear because we get rid of that baggage. We get rid of those things that block us off, that dishonesty, that lying to our own selves, the rationalizations, the justifications, the way that we think about things, the way that we try to position ourselves in the dominant position, the way we try to be a promoter of our own selves, it helps us step away from that. And then in six, right, as we move on to willingness here in a second, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows because we want to get rid of these character defects, the judgmentalism, the way we see other people. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm a perfect judge of everybody who's a newcomer. Like they walk in the door and I know if they're going to make it or not. I make a mental note to myself a lot of times. Hey, this guy's going to make it or that guy's not going to make it. It's so ridiculous. And those are places where I lack integrity, where I'm thinking more about myself 
then I'm thinking about how can I be helpful to this person? Or I'm making reasons for me to be in a hurry to leave the meeting rather than engage them. And, and a tragic thing happens a lot of meetings that if the newcomer comes in and they say their name at whatever the appropriate time is for that meeting, that group, and they are there theoretically to get help or perhaps just to explore the idea of alcoholism and nobody talks to them. They're able to walk into our fellowship and walk out of our fellowship without anyone fellowshipping. And that sometimes is very frightening to me. It seems like maybe we should have a competition to get to them. And that competition would be built on maintaining the integrity of the steps. Another thing that's so important that our primary purpose, the fifth tradition, is to carry this message to the alcoholic who still suffers. The integrity of the program rests on that idea. In other words, in our first tradition, if we're not unified by all doing the 12 steps according to the book, if we're not unified by understanding that God speaks to us through our group conscience, tradition two, if we're not unified in those ways, well, then we'll fail to be ready for that newcomer. The newcomer will arrive to this scattered chaos where people have, well, their own program. They'll have my program or my AA and things like that, rather than having a constant principle reference point called our literature, the big book and the 12 steps and 12 traditions that the newcomer can go to. So no matter what I might tell you on this podcast, for instance, you can weigh it against those two pieces of literature and decide for yourself how you're going to move forward according to the directions in the book, according to the directions in the book. How do we maintain the integrity of the program in that way so that we can be helpful to that newcomer? So no matter who they see at the next meeting, they kind of get the same message. So no matter how long it might be since they last picked up a white chip, what they encounter is basically the same thing. And so no matter where they go in AA, whether it be anywhere in the world where they might hit an AA, they're going to feel like they're at home with people that understand them. I, I love in our clubhouse that we have welcome home on the wall. And I think for a lot of alcoholics or people that want to stop drinking, they have that desire to quit drinking. That's exactly what they want to feel. They're lost. I mean, they're in an AA meeting, right? So think about integrity. If you want to get that peace of light, peace of mind back into your life, if you really want to live out this program well, if you're not a one, two, three, and it's all about me type, right? I know I can't do anything about it, so I'm just going to give it to God, and I'm just going to use apathy and complacency. I'm just going to forget about it. Nothing I can do about it anyway. No, that is not true, and that's the very selfishness that breeds the illness of alcoholism that propagates it and fertilizes it and helps it, helps it grow inside of us behind the scenes. And you can step through that. Go ahead and do step four and step five and get ready to get out and clear yourself of character defects so you can move forward to do God's bidding. Integrity. How do you hold your program together? You got to get beyond step three and go to through five, six, seven, eight, nine. Use these tools, and you too will have a great life full of integrity. And the real thing you get from integrity, the real thing you get out in this world that a lot of us are starved for, is a kind of affection, a kind of human affection that we can actually get back from people we've hurt deeply, people that love us, 
people that have watched us suffer and that we've dragged down with us. No one hits a bottom by themselves that we've dragged down with us. People that really, really want to see us sober benefit from this. Because when our program has integrity, they begin to trust us. And trust is a deep felt affection that can only be gained through a consistent, predictable, and reliable application of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. That is how you'll rebuild trust. Take these tools, embrace them, do them as best you can. Try not to totally screw this up, though I do all the time, and move yourself into position to get rid of those character defects by practicing step five. Admit to God, to yourself, and another human being the exact nature of your wrongs and move forward with six, seven, eight, nine so you can get those character defects out of the way and repair relationships. So if you're going to have a discussion around integrity, it might be this. How well are you following the directions? Are you ready to make a commitment to the group to get into the steps? Are you ready to make a commitment to a sponsor? Are you sitting in a group and you don't have a sponsor? Perhaps you can share that you are in need of a sponsor because you want to achieve what AA has to offer. Integrity. Have a discussion about how to keep yourself whole, how to maintain personal peace of mind. I hope you have a great discussion.